This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And today, we're going to start a a three-part series on uh, managing your RIF account, and I have a special guide called The Six Steps to RIF Success that we've been using for the last almost 30 years, folks, yep, and we've been updating it. And we specialize in RIFs. So if you're out there and you have a RIF account, that you're going to want to tune in these uh, next couple of weeks because we have all the details. And um, I'll tell you, most people out there don't pay big attention to RIF accounts, but we do. And um, we have uh, great strategies here for you, but lots of different things that you may not know that when you're converting from an RSP to a RIF that are very important for you. And our buddy uh, Nassim Hussein is going to be joining us, too. He's the vice president and strategist at uh, Horizons ETFs. And so we're going to grill him with some questions like, is 5.5% a good rate of return? What terms should you have? What about bank stocks? Should I hold them, take losses? How do I deal with these kinds of things? So he's going to give us some great ideas on what you should be doing in terms of strategy right now in this kind of a market. And... um, we have a special uh, workshop coming up, and it's next week. So if you can look at your schedule, it's going to be on November the 14th. And uh, if you'd like to register, it's that's, that's a Tuesday, so it's different than what we've had before. Mostly we have Wednesdays. Um, November the 14th, it's a, it's a luncheon. It's in person. It's in Mississauga. So we'll provide lunch for you. And um, we have guest speaker also coming from Horizons ETFs to talk about uh, you know generating income. And if you'd like to come and join us, um, uh, we have a few seats left, not many, but we have a few, and that's why we're talking about it here today. So it's one 891 2637 for our luncheon workshop on Tuesday. It's going to run for probably, we start off right about noon and we go till about 2 o'clock, and uh, you know, there's... You're going to eat in between there. Um, I'll speak for uh, half of it, and our guest speaker will talk about income and um, ETFs on the other half of it. So if you'd like to join us, again, give Dominique a call at 1-866-891-2637. That's going to be Tuesday, November the 14th. And over the next six weeks, again, we're going to go over the six steps to riff and lift success, and um, we'll give you a guidebook for that as well. So stay right there. We're going to come back and tell you about the first three steps today, and next week we'll do the next three steps. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And as I promised, we have a special guide called The Six Steps to Riff Success. So let's get right into it. Uh, you know, setting up a riff, um, people think is relatively simple. You know, I have an RRSP, and now I'm the age where I'm going to start drawing out money, so I'm going to convert it over to a riff. Well, it's not that easy. And your mindset has to be changed as well because you've gone from what we call accumulation, so you're saving money and growing, 
to basically taking money out and getting income. So you have to focus differently when you set up your RIF account and have investments that pay you a regular uh, income, but also have the opportunity to grow too, because you want to draw out money and outpace inflation so your lifestyle stays uh, stays where you want it to be all the way through. could be you know, 30 years of retirement. So that's the whole focus of what you have to do. So you have to focus on that. And that's what got a lot of, uh, you know, our clients. And we managed one of the biggest books in, in Canada for RIF accounts. What got us through this year, even though Canadian market was uh, uh, in trouble and it was uh, struggling a- along, we still got all of our dividends. And if our dividends, like our guest is going to tell you today, are averaging 5 5.5%, that's most of our RIF payment is right there in the dividends. I don't have to encroach on the principal. I don't have to sell my units. I can have enough income coming in to make my payments, and I keep all my principal there. That's going to give me lots of different options once I get older. And if, I could, and if I'm in a situation where I need more income, I may have to go into retirement residence. I need extra income. I'm going to have it there and have the lifestyle that I need because I've managed my account correctly. Okay, let's go through three of the first top steps. The first one is consolidate your RSPs into one single RIF. And the reason that you do that is because it's going to be paying you money. So now I, I can focus, I can put together a plan, I can diversify that plan, I can set it up a way so that I have opportunity for growth inside of the plan, but I also have all the income that I need coming from this particular plan. So instead of having an RSP at TD Bank, say, and another one at the Bank of Nova Scotia, another one at CIBC, or with any of these other uh, mutual fund dealers, and if you have three of them, then three of them have to manage a plan to give you income every month or every quarter or semi-annual, whatever way you want to do that is um, structured differently. And some, you could have overlap, you could have uh, situations where you don't have a lot of options at different places, the best is go to go into a single plan and have that plan into a, a program where you have no restrictions on what you can invest in. So that's called self-directed. It doesn't mean you have to self-direct it. You work with an advisor, but then you, you want to have choice so that I can pick anything from anywhere in the world, any kind of market. I can have that inside of my RIF account so that I can have a diversified portfolio that can give me some uh, great income that I can use for my current income in retirement. And then these investments have an opportunity to make me some money uh, as well in that account. So that's number one. Number two is, is again, is you got to decide what kind of RIF you want. So you could be somebody that's listening to us right now that has all their money in a, in a, at a bank branch. So now you go to the bank branch and there you could say, I, I want it all in GICs. So that's called the GIC RIF, and you'd have all GICs in there. You could also have an, a, you know, a, an account with a, a mutual fund dealer, and then you could have all of your RIF account in mutual funds. So that's the way you have to look at it in terms of um, what your options are. So if you, who you're dealing with, and then what your options are. Again, what we suggest, and we've been doing this for you know almost thirty years, is that. We go to you know an account where we have no restrictions, not all mutual funds, not all GICs. I want something where I can have everything in this account, and I have no restrictions of what I can invest in, and then focus on the income. We'll come to that one in a minute, uh, as it's another one of the steps to success is how we actually invest the money. So number two is decide on what kind of rift that you want. Okay, number three is to take care of the paperwork. This is pretty critical because um, you know once you get to this age. You have to look at what the rules are according to um, the kind of RIF account that you have. And then you have to do estate planning within the the paperwork as well. So when you're doing the paperwork, you, you can decide on a minimum. You could take more than the minimum. If you have a younger spouse, you can use their age to determine the minimum. 
So if you had a spouse, if you were 72 this year and you have your RIF account open for the first year and you have a spouse that's 65, instead of taking out 5.25%, you could take out approximately 4%. So if you want to reduce your, not have so much income coming in, you can reduce it that way. So that's one of the choices you can do in, in terms of setting up. So that's part of the paperwork. You can decide on how you want the, uh, the payments to go. Do I want them monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, or annually? I can take a lump sum payment at the beginning, take a lump sum payment at the end. Um, so all those things you have to sign and set up. Do you want the money sent to your bank account? You could take and you could take uh, payments in kind. So you could say, okay, I'm due ten thousand dollars, and inside of my account I have ten thousand dollars of uh, Bank of Montreal stock. Instead of taking the cash, I can take the Bank of Montreal stock and put it into my open account and get paid with Bank of Montreal stock. That's called the payment in kind. Then we get into the other part of the paperwork, which is choosing um, a beneficiary or a successor annuitant. So now what happens there is if you have a spouse, then you always, in my opinion, is you choose successor annuitant. That way the, the assets go directly over to the spouse on death. They don't get caught up as a beneficiary inside of um, an estate account. So the reason for the uh, successor annuitant is you can take over the, the deceased RIF account and continue the payments in place of the deceased. So if the surviving spouse is named as beneficiary, the RIF kind of folds up and it can go into the other person's account. There's no tax and no probate because you've named it. And that's those are the big reasons why you'd name the, the spouse as beneficiary or name them as successor annuitant. But you want the successor annuitant because it rolls right in there and it doesn't get caught up because you could have a situation where it could, if, the, if the will and the uh, estate gets contested, and this becomes part of the estate. It, it become, become an issue and get contested inside of there. And it could be delays in terms of how you're doing anything. So again, if you have a spouse, you choose them as successor annuity. And the other part of estate planning is, say for instance, you have a spouse and you also have large, and you have the same amount in an open account. And then you want to give your kids half of that and half to the spouse. You would choose the spouse for the RIF account because it goes to them tax-free and use the other account to give to the kids. So there's lots of estate planning that has to be uh, organized, too, when you're setting up your RIF account as well. And you want to have all that discussion with your advisor when you're setting it up. You just don't roll it over and, and, um, you know, like just sign the papers and say, okay, that's great. There's lots of things you have to go into thinking there. So those are the first three steps. So the next three steps we'll do next week. So if you want to tune in next week at 10 o'clock, I'll, I'll give you those three steps. But if you'd like to get the guide, I have a guide. And it's called The Six Steps to Riff Success. Um, we'll send that out to you. And I also have another one that kind of focuses more on estate planning. So it's called Estate Planning for Your Riff Account. And it talks about asset allocation, using a self-directed account, financial projections. So if you'd like to get any of those, all you got to do is give Dominique a call now or at the end of the show, one 891 26 37. That's one 891 2637 And that is the six steps to RIF success and estate planning for your RIF account. And you can get those free and we'll mail them out to you right away. Okay, stay right there. Should you lock in 5% rates on uh, today or that you're getting on GICs and some of these bonds? Or would you buy bank stocks that pay you a 55 or 6% dividend? Stay right there. The Nassim Hussein is going to be joining us from Horizons to talk all about that. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. And joining us now is Nassim Hussein. He's a senior vice president and strategist at Horizons ETFs. Hey, good morning, Nassim. Thanks for joining us again today. A pleasure to be on the show again. Thanks for having me. 
You know what? It's uh, a different kind of a year, and especially for fixed income. You know, he had disastrous last couple of years. Now you can invest in fixed income again. You know, with yields over 5% um, for, you know, low uh, terms of, of different types of uh, fixed income, like, w- what can you do in that space to, to uh, make some money these days? It, it, you're right. In the last couple of years, it's been, it's been something people didn't want to talk about, and sometimes people were looking at fixed income in their portfolio and, and maybe reducing it, looking at different solutions like uh, dividends, uh, equities that are paying dividends, ETFs that are paying dividends, uh, even covered calls. Uh, but that 5% number that you mentioned really, really woke up people to this asset class again and the different strategies. And when we've looked at what's happened in 2023, kind of year to date, we've seen almost $9 billion in assets uh, go into fixed income ETFs as a kind of a diversified way to get back in there and get exposure to that, that yeah. 5% level. And uh, and I think that's that's nice for people's portfolio diversification. It's giving a different risk profile. People can kind of see where they sit relative to a, you know, a 60-40 portfolio again and, mm-hmm. and kind of have that diversification. And, and there's been different types because we've been enjoying uh, what's called an inverted yield curve where the shorter-term rates are higher higher than the longer-term ones. You're right. And, uh, and and we've seen, you know, as you said, 5%, even 5.4% on some things that are like zero to three month treasury bills. Yeah, no, it's the, the, the rates, you know, and you're exactly right because you go back, you know, I have to make, we manage money for our individual clients and, you know, last 15 years or so, you know, how do you allocate um, a percentage of your portfolio, big percentage of your portfolio when you're getting 1% or half a percent on fixed, right? You, you can't. You, you couldn't, really can't. Yeah, you, you couldn't. You, you yeah. look at that and you say inflation is, is going to uh, eat that away very quickly and and you end up risking the portfolios a little bit more. And so now we can say we've gone through this aggressive rate hiking strategy over the last couple of years. Yields are now where they've gone. The problem with yields going up is the asset prices for fixed income has come down. Right. But but now we're seeing people going, maybe there's another hike in December. Could we see a cut mid to late next year? Like we're starting to see that sort of bottoming out process right. happen in fixed income. And people <clears throat> are saying, maybe I want to get some of this nice short-term duration, you know, and, and enjoy these high rates that I'm getting right now. But they're also seeing that opportunity that maybe I can lock in these longer rates with longer duration. And uh, is there a way that I can kind of get paid to wait for for asset prices and fixed income to rise again? Yeah, for sure. Because when you look at it, you can't stay all short term because if if everything's panning out the way that you're saying it and then rates start to come down, then when your money comes due in six months or eight months, now you got to take 4% or 3.5%, right? So you got to, you know, look at some point, you know, going a little bit longer. But even if you have a smaller allocation, you know, like people have been enjoying cash and looking at the high interest savings accounts and, and GICs and seeing good, good rates. Um, our, our ETFs were around 5.4% for that short term. And even for a six month investment cycle or even to de-risk a portfolio, like you can really bring down a volatility of a portfolio when, when an ETF is just simply going up by the interest that you're going to get a month later and then it drops by that interest payment. It's kind of nice to see those appear. Uh, in your account for that regular income. Yeah. But there are ways to kind of go out further in that curve. And uh, kind of some of the innovations that have happened in the space where we've taken covered call that have been typically used for ETFs, we've actually applied it to fixed income over the last couple of months. And a few issuers have come out with products that either write covered calls or covered calls with uh, covered put strategies because bonds kind of go the different direction. And we've seen people get even higher levels of income in the short term, 7.5%, and the longer term, you know, 10% and higher. 
Yeah, no, that of course that's going to make a great difference to somebody's uh, portfolio for sure. Now, the, the next question I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, the high interest savings accounts. All the firms have them. We have it at RBC. So you you, you have your money in this account, and this account pays you daily uh, interest in there, and they've been paying high rates. But now the regular is kind of looking at that and looking at changing things. Can you kind of explain what's happening there? This has been an ongoing saga for, for, for most of the year, actually. Austria's been talking to different parties. Uh, they regulate the financial institutions versus, uh, versus ETF uh, providers, for example. And what they've basically said is, is we're, we're, we want to make sure that the banks have enough money in case people redeem all their ETFs and they sell them out. Uh, and what they said is you have to have 100%. The, the industry's term is runoff. And so by doing that, when they have to implement that by January, we expect these yields that are around 5.39%, they're, they're going to come down. We, we don't know by how much. With, with Treasury bill ETFs at this kind of similar level of yield, we, we could see a substitution effect, people looking to go to similar products and keeping that yield. Or they could say, you know what, I really like bank deposits, and if I lose something like 20 basis points, I'm now down to, say, 52 then, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, I bought these products maybe two years ago, and I thought 3% was good. So as rates went up, I got more yield. So now that the industry has changed these products to to kind of increase the safety on them, like now that there's more cash supporting these, if there is any sort of, you know, quick redemptions on these products, we know that the cash is there. And I think what's been really good for us on the industry side is we have some very good clarity on now how these structures can be formed, what our counterparties have to do, and, uh, and in particular for issuers like Horizons, we can now focus on innovation and launch more products in this space. Yeah, for sure. I think that when you're going into this account, you want total safety. You don't want to have any issues at all because that's why you're in it, to, you know, to protect that, to have some money that you, you, you get your hands on right away. That's it. No, I want to talk, last question is we want to talk a little bit about Canadian banks. You know, we've had a very difficult year, and it's been tough for a lot of the listeners to the show because, you know, of course they have lots of their savings and their open accounts and their RIF accounts are getting the dividends from these Canadian banks. And after kind of uh, hitting some lows, do you think they're going to bounce a little bit here? And what's the, uh, what, do, what do you guys uh, anticipate here in this space? This has been a topic that uh, we've been paying attention to for some time. Horizons has a variety of different products to get uh, exposure to the banks. And uh, even in September, we had a bank analyst on, and we had a webinar. We had uh, a couple of blogs written about it. And, and the analyst at the time was very lukewarm, very neutral on the space, which is usually code for saying there could be a little bit more pain. And and they, they were kind of right. Things did drift a little bit lower. And what's happened now is we're seeing yields you know, at 5.56 on average across all the banks. So now we're saying this is pretty. We're starting to get pretty juicy, and you're seeing those flows come in. Uh, we recently launched uh, an equal weight bank ETF, and it's gone through 300 million in assets in less than four months. Cool. So people are saying, maybe I need to roll out of my equities. I don't know which bank is going to perform the best. Um, they're always going to keep their Royal Bank, of course. But <laughs> how do we diversify a little bit with uh, with some of the other issuers? Yeah. And and they've, they've come in. Uh, we came in at a very uh, very low price and even rebated all the fees and the MERs to July of next year. So it's been a great way to get attention to that space, saying, look, this is, these are great investable companies. They they are kind of economically sensitive, and we know Canada's going through a bit of a trouble right now. Mm-hmm. But when it turns around, you know those banks are very large companies, very comfortable with paying their, their dividends, and you get to pick them up now. So it's it's really that investor mindset. It's using advisors like yourselves to help guide through these times and seeing – Strong companies at a at a good price 
can you average in? Can you stay through um, until things turn? What about a, a tax? We were talking on the show last week about tax loss. So say, for instance, you have one of the banks that are down. You bought it. You bought it at a high point. It's down now. You sell it. And then you take that money. Instead of buying, um, you got to wait 30 days. Instead of trying to be out of the market for 30 days, you buy your ETF that has the all the banks. Is that a good move, you think? That, that's a great move. I, yeah. I think um, as, a, as an investor for many years, any time that I've left the market, the next day or two days later, the market rallies, and, and I didn't get to participate. And, and that's really frustrating. So that's the, the brilliance of, of products like ETFs and mutual funds where you can sort of get exposure to that space when you've left that single name and roll back in after, after 30 days. Right? Yeah. That's perfectly like, what perfect would that, fine strategy. The one that you have there, what, 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 would, they, what would it yield you right now? Uh, HBNK right now is 5.56. 5.56. And it pays out monthly? It pays out monthly. Yeah. Taking basically an equal weight approach to the big banks in Canada. Uh, so some are going to be high, yielding higher, some are going to be yielding lower, and then it's rebalanced to bring them back to equal weight. Oh, okay, so you're going to get it's one sixth each. That's what you're basically saying, equal weight, right? Yeah, and it's nice because yeah. when one bank performs really well through the rebalancing process, we'll kind of rebalance it back down to equal weight. It sort of takes some profits, and of course, if one bank has a bad quarter and it starts to trade down, well, we actually overweight that bank until it recovers. So it's a nice little process that sort of keeps you exposed to the bank and a little bit of profit-taking along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's great to have you again on the show in the scene. Thanks again for all of your insights. I appreciate your time. All right, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Okay, bye. Okay, that was Nassim Hussein. He's a senior vice president and strategist at Horizons ETFs. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Horizons ETFs. Okay, folks, we got a couple of minutes left. We have our special uh, year-end tax planning and RIF workshop coming up in November. And we also have a guest speaker who's going to be talking about uh, all different kinds of income ideas for you in this kind of a marketplace. And it's going to run on um, November the 14th. That's this Tuesday coming up from 12 to uh, 2 p.m. It's a luncheon. Uh, lunch is included. There's no cost or obligation. So if you have a RIF account that's not performing or you're losing capital or you're converting this year to a RIF account, this workshop is uh, essential for you. Or if you have an account where you're looking for some extra income and extra returns, again, uh, we're going to do that. Or if you want some tax savings, Savings. At the year end, this is the time you can do it. It could save you uh, thousands of dollars by year end, some of the strategies that we're going to talk about. So if you'd like to come out, again, Tuesday, November the 14th, 12 noon to 2 p.m., all you got to do is call Dominique at one 891 2637 We also have the six steps to RIF success and estate planning for your RIF account handouts. If you'd like to get your hands on those, and Dominique can send those to you right away. Again, the same number, one 891 26 37. You guys have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you right here next Sunday at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you've been listening to Primetime Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.